wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. On this episode, I have Ruben Allickson, the sales training manager for Vortex Optics. It does kind of boil down to what the customer asks for and, you know, competitive shooters asking for one thing and maybe not being super concerned about price. They're more concerned about performance. Western hunters being more concerned about certain aspects of the optic, whether that be spotting scopes or binoculars or or rifle scopes, you know, they might be more concerned about optical quality. You know, the hard part about a lot of times with, with optics sales is that, you know, when you go into a retailer and you're talking to somebody behind the counter about a pair of binoculars, you know, you're in a LED or fluorescent lit environment. It's well lit. There's maybe a hundred yards where you can look. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, I am extremely excited about my guest. I have Ruben Allickson. And Ruben is the sales training manager for Vortex Optics. And I have... I've ran Vortex Optics for many years now, over a decade, on a lot of my rifles. And to be sitting down with Ruben right now is pretty cool, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, if I start stuttering or I uh, maybe sound a little shy at times, it's because I'm still, uh, I'm still getting over the fact that I'm sitting down with Vortex Optics. So, it's really cool. But uh, Ruben, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a, uh, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. And, uh, so got, I had a really good talk with Ruben the other day getting this set up and then we just spent a couple minutes here before we started recording and, uh, we were talking about, uh, getting kids involved and some of the steps that I've taken in the past to get my kids, uh, comfortable enough to to shoot a firearm and to also go hunting with them and all of the scopes that the kids have been shooting on have been vortex and i started zoe on her 300 blackout with the diamondback and it was the 1.75 to 5 by 32 and uh it had a really good eye relief for because initially she was afraid to get into that gun and uh because it you know it's not the 22. The 22 has the small crack. This 300 blackout, it had a little bit bigger crack. So she was a little timid at first. So I was able to keep her away from the scope and without potentially getting scoped. Um, cause that would be the last thing I'd want to do to a, at that time, three year old girl. And, uh, she, she did really well with, uh, with that setup. And then Ava actually had the, um, diamond back. And it was the three to nine by 40. And I'm sure Ruben, you can step in at any point in time and talk about this, but you guys have such a variety of scopes that go from, you know, a youth hunter to your average everyday hunter to maybe more of your higher, um, you know, like your Western hunts where glass really matters um, to your tactical side as, and then even, I guess, uh, more high-end, your long-range shooters that are shooting, you know, distances of over a thousand yards. Yeah, we, you know, one of the things that 
I, I really love about Vortex and, and not to toot our own horn because I work there, but um, it's a company that really exists for the customer. And that's kind of one of the coolest things about Vortex is that it's like the decisions are, when decisions are made, it's like, you know, how does this help the customer? How can we, how can we help the customer be the hero of their own adventure? You know, and, and that, you know, sometimes that means making a, a wide variety of products. You know, sometimes it means, you know, looking at different price points that customers are, you know, interested in paying for certain products. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it does, it, it does kind of boil down to what the customer asks for. And, and while we might have, you know, competitive shooters asking for one thing and, and maybe not being super concerned about price, they're more concerned about performance. We might have, you know, um, Western hunters being more concerned about, you know, certain aspects of the optic, whether that be spotting scopes or binoculars or, or rifle scopes, um, you know, they might be more concerned about optical quality, but, you know, also looking, you know, keeping it fairly lightweight. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into, um, you know, making an optic for a specific purpose. And you know, sometimes, you know, when, when we start to generalize, it might be easier to say, you know, like, kind of like you were saying, like a, a three to nine is kind of a, you know, a do it all hunting scope. Um, it's, it's not super fancy, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And then as we start to drill down into some of those more specific use cases, you know, whether it be like you mentioned, Western hunting or maybe competitive shooting, um, we start to really hone in on, you know, one aspect or two aspects of that product that need to be a certain thing for that purpose. Um, so I think when you see the line and you see so many options, it's, it's, it can be overwhelming, but it's actually really cool when, when you, as the consumer, as the person using the product, you say, what does it need to do? You know, what, what is my application? And, you know, from a very, uh, looking at it from a very, you know, 30,000 foot view, it's like, well, I have 200 options to choose from. And if we can pick out, you know, what the application is, we, you might find out pretty quickly, there's only four options to choose from. And then some of, sometimes those options can be, you know, broken down into, well, I want to spend this price or I want it to be this weight or I need this amount of eye relief. And then, and then it might be, oh, well, there's actually only two options and, and it might only be, it might be a simple choice at that point. So yeah, yeah there, there are a million different things, uh, but, you know, we really do with the customer in mind, try and say like, uh, you know, it'd be easy, easier to, to carry a smaller number of SKUs. But um, when we have customers that are doing a lot of different things, um, being a customer focused company, that's, that's not really an option. <laughs> I absolutely love it because I've got so many, a variety of your scopes. And uh, like I said, I was telling you earlier, I've got Diamondbacks, I've got Crossfires, I've got the Strike Eagles, I've got Vipers. I don't have any Venoms, but I did just order a Christensen Arms and the 7mm PRC. And I think I've finally found the gun I'm going to put that uh, Venom on. I was up in the air. On my 6.5 Creedmoor, I bought that Christensen's NPR last year, but I ended up going with the Viper. Yep. And, uh, but then I've got a, quite a few of the Strike Eagle 5 to 25 by 56s. And I found, especially for the price, you know, it's, uh, I think it's an $800 scope. It's a phenomenal scope. And I'm not really a, 
I don't want to say I'm a long range shooter by no means. Um, I've got a, I've got a lot to learn when it comes to that, but I've got guns that are capable of achieving that once I've you know learned the the proper techniques and ultimately just went and done it. But I've I'm a big fan of the broad variety, and uh, that's or I guess mm-hmm. the variety, and uh, I love it. I actually had a, uh, a, a Canic TP9 SFX. It came with the Vortex Viper, and I ended up putting, I believe it was a Venom red dot. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yep. but I believe y'all did carry a Venom, at, at, and maybe you still do. But uh, I upgraded yep. it and put the Venom on that, and that was a fun gun back when 9mm was $8 a box of 50, and you could go to the range and not... Uh, feel like you just uh lost a bunch of money <laughs> but uh we yeah. uh it's uh hopefully uh we'll, we'll get back to that at some point but uh no it's uh it's back to kind of what you were saying though as far as um specific applications because me and Ted went on a uh all dad free range all dad hunt in West Texas and we were hunting around Presidio we were right across from the Mexican border and uh, on multiple times we were, I mean, we could see Mexico and uh, we put 19 miles in in two days. It was, it was a hunt and uh, we never shot anything. That's, yeah, that's huffing it. It was, uh, it's definitely something that it tested me mentally and physically. Um, I felt like I didn't leave anything out there. But I do still feel like I, there's something left undone. So we did book again to go back this uh, this year. So um, it was me, Ted, and Chance, and uh, we're gonna go back with Austin and see what we can make happen. I I feel like that first trip kind of primed us for what to expect. I mean, we thought we knew what to expect, and I'm gonna kind of lead that into the optics. Because I hunt the mountains here in the northeast and, you know, we might have a few fields, ag fields that you can shoot at over 300 yards. But for the most part, most of my shots while hunting, especially in the woods, are under 100 yards. And I, you know, I run uh, Diamondback binoculars. I think they're the 12 by 50s, I believe is what they are. And, you know, I took those to West Texas and I could still see with them and they're great glass, but Ted, I don't know which ones Ted had, but it was a vortex. I don't know which one specifically, but we were glassing a Mesa and he's seeing things up on the Mesa that I can, like he's seeing detail and I'm seeing outline and I'm like, Yep. I never really would have thought that it was it would have mattered. You know, I thought good, you know, a 12 by 50 is good and the Diamondback is a great uh, is a great binocular, but and they serve me so well here in my normal application in the northeast. But then when we were out there, um he even I, I don't even know the um spotting scope. I should have talked to him before we got on here so I'd know exactly which ones he was running, but he had a spotting scope. And we spotted uh, rams, well, all dad, at 1,800 yards. And I'm running, you know, I'm running my binoculars and I'm doing everything I can to stay steady enough to continue to see and not lose them. 
and he's just sitting there with the uh, spotting scope on a tripod and he's got that FTS from Tacticam and he was filming them and it was steady as can be and the picture was amazing and uh, we were you know we were all talking and it's like you know if Ted wouldn't have had that would we he would we have even spotted those rams on that hunt and uh and i think that could be a make it or break it hunt or you know a a make it or break it piece of equipment because like i said everything that i've hunted with here in the northeast have served me well beyond what i need but when i got out there i had great gear just not for the right application and uh i'm glad that ted had that and so i think that's something that offering the variety is great because now I know when I go back or when we go back this year, I'm going to have me the same spotting scope that Ted had. <laughs> yeah. Optics can be kind of tricky to uh, explain. You know, it's like, it's not tangible, but it's tangible. Like when you need it, it's there um, or, or it's not there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the hard part about a lot of times with optics sales is that, you know, when you go into a retailer and you're talking to somebody behind the counter um, about a pair of binoculars, you know, you're in a uh, LED or fluorescent lit environment. It's well lit. There's maybe a hundred yards where you can look, maybe they have a door where you can go and look out, you know, across a parking lot or something like that. But uh, oftentimes, you know, people are looking at optics kind of in an environment where they're not really going to see the benefits. And so yeah. uh, we do, we do definitely, we do definitely see, you know, and, and like there's applications where you might not need, you know, uh, a higher optical quality, you know, optical quality is not something you would turn down if it were free, but it's not free. Uh, it comes with a cost when you want to increase a certain attribute or a certain quality, it can cost more, whether it be the components or the assembly, stuff like that. And so, you know, there's, there's applications, you know, one of the things that's kind of, it's made our job of explaining optical quality and features, you know, optical quality versus features. It's made that, um, that explanation really easy. It's like precision rimfire shooting, you know, shooting a 22, um, out to three, 400 yards out of some of these new precision 22s, like, you know, the voodoos, the Bergara's, the Rimaxes. Um, some of these, some of these 22s that are capable of, you know, shooting very accurately out to, you know, 400, maybe even 500 yards. Some of them, uh, when they're, when you're looking at an optic for that, you know, a lot of the features are the same as that three to $4,000 top end precision scope, but you know, you can save cost and in, as the consumer, you don't have to spend that same amount of money to get that optic. Um, the optical quality, because we're not looking a thousand, twelve hundred, or fourteen hundred yards. We're looking four hundred, five hundred yards. Yeah. And so, uh, an optic like the Venom five to twenty five or the Strike Eagle five to twenty five, it delivers a lot of those features, like the wide magnification range. Um, you know, uh, locking uh, zero stop turrets. Um, you know, in the case of the Venom, it doesn't have uh, an illuminated reticle, but the Strike Eagle does, you know. So, so some of these features um, in, in some of the reticles that are offered too are, are more complex than a traditional like hunting scope reticle. Yeah. So, when somebody's looking at a scope and they're saying, you know, I want to shoot precision rimfire, it's like, well, some of the features are probably going to be very, very much the same as a precision rifle scope for shooting that that 
like a PRS or an NRL or, you know, any type of high, high power, um, that kind of shooting. But we don't need to have that same level of optical quality for resolution. And like I said before, if it was free, you would take it. You wouldn't turn it down, but it comes with a cost. And so yep. in the case of the Venom or the Strike Eagle, a customer can get into an optic that has all the features they need and it has the amount of that's the the adequate optical quality that they need for resolution at the distances that they're shooting that that weapon. Um, versus, you know, if we're looking at setting up a rifle for, you know, PRS or uh, maybe maybe a sniper challenge or maybe, you know, NRL Hunter, they're getting out, you know, beyond 800, beyond 1,000 yards on a lot of these targets. And so they want that optical quality, but they also want the features. And that's kind of where I would say it's like you might look at, you know, a pair of 1250 Diamondbacks and, and the average person in a store would be like, yeah, it does everything I need it to. Yep. And then we go out and we go out in, in the mountains and we're looking for detail on the hillside a mile away. And it's like, well, you know, that's that it's kind of nice because there's, there's no smoke and mirrors there. When somebody looks at a, two different pairs of binoculars in a store and they're like, I can't tell the difference. Well, let's get them out in the environment that we actually made that razor uhd binocular to shine in and you will see the difference and that's what's kind of neat to see that yeah. that revelation to people when they when they get out and they're like oh that's what that looks like right yeah and, um i i had lasik about four years ago and i remember i didn't have bad eyesight i think i had a very it was like uh you know a, a 1.75 prescription contact or something it wasn't a bad I didn't have bad eyesight. Like I could still legally drive without contacts or glasses. Okay. But I remember after I got LASIK and I, and I got it because of my competitive shooting and hunting. And, and I also got it because I was, I, I, I was like, man, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night to some noise in the house and have to try and scramble for my glasses or my contacts. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But when I got LASIK, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember driving and I, I remember looking at, you know, the top of one of these ridges kind of out where we live here in, in South Central Wisconsin. And I remember seeing like, whereas before I saw the outline of the top of the hill and now I'm seeing the little trees and the branches sticking up and, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, you don't know what you're missing until you, until you see it. Right. Oh yeah. And uh, you said the razor and I'm pretty sure those are the binos that Ted had. And uh, I about worried April to death over it. I'm like, I'm going to have me a set of those before we go back out there. And I'm going to have that spotting scope too. And uh, she's on board with it because I, 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 I'm blessed when it comes to having her for a wife because I, if I have a good reason to buy a gun or ammo or a scope or binos or whatever it may be that is, you know, somewhat second amendment hunting related. She's all about it. I don't really, I've never had to sneak a rifle in the house. Normally she's just as excited to go shoot it <laughs> as I am. So it's, uh, it hasn't. That's good. Yeah. So, but, and that's the, the funny part is that's like, good for the health of a marriage too. It, it really is. Um, and, uh, <laughs> She, uh, at times though, she's like, you're going to get it. Quit bothering me about it. Just go get it. And, uh, so that's kind of how she is with these <laughs> binos now. And, uh, but 
Well, I know, I know it's a cliche. <laughs> I know it's a cliche time to bring it up, but it definitely does. You know, one of the things that um, comes up pretty, pretty often when people talk about Vortex is the warranty. And so when you do talk about spending that additional uh, money on that, that buy once cry once item, you know, it is, it is kind of nice when it's covered and you don't have to worry about if yeah. it breaks, you don't have to pay to fix it, you know? So it is, it is kind of nice that, you know, that warranty, you know, we call it the VIP warranty. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's actually VIP stands for a very important promise from us to our customers that, you know, if, if you take that step and you, you know, you, you buy our product, you put the faith in, in us to make that product that helps you do, you know, the task or helps you be the hero of your own adventure. Um, we're going to cover you, uh, for life, no questions asked. And, you know, it is like, a it's, you might end up buying another one someday, but it wouldn't be because it broke. It would be because you found something else for a different purpose. Absolutely. And I'd say that's probably one of the biggest selling factors that got me to buy my first scope. Actually, my the first scope I ever bought was a Crossfire 2, and it was a 6 to 18 by 44. The only reason I know that is because I'm staring right here at the box. I brought all of my Vortex scope boxes <laughs> up here. That way I had references that, you know, um, that way, yep. you know, and that's just, you know, that's, I'm looking at over a decade's worth of scopes, you know, boxes. And uh, it's, you know, I've bought other scope brands and I'm not going to knock any one or say any, you know, anything like that. But nothing, in my opinion, compares to the level of quality and price point. And I'm I, the cry, buy once, cry once. I've done that more <laughs> in the last few years than I probably thought I ever would. And the, you know, like with the hunting scopes and, and you know, I've, I've got a couple 30-odd sixes and things like that, you know, 270s, some good deer hunting rounds right you know we'll throw the three to nine by 50s on them and and that will serve that purpose all day long but then it's like you see the strike eagle five to 25 by 56s you're like you know what that'd look really good and serve me really well on my 22 mm-hmm. 250 you know oh on my 204 or you know and so and then i i got a, a really nice viper that hst and it's on the uh 7mm08 Christensen Ridgeline I got and um, you know it's probably more scope than like I said I need for here but if I go back to West Texas which if I go we go back to West Texas I I took my 300 wind mag out there and uh, that's in the Christensen Mesa but I'm gonna um, I think I'm gonna take the 7mm PRC because that's the I bought that gun for Africa and I really Mm want to like testing it out here is going to be fun, but I'm just going to be shooting some whitetails, you know, within a hundred yards. I really want to get out there and stretch the legs on it and see what it'll do. And especially, you know, shooting 175 grain bullet at 3000 feet per second. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hornady uh, did a great job with that cartridge. I'm, I don't have one yet. It's definitely on the list of things to get. Um, I need a reason to get one. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it, it, 
I kind of look at, um, you know, whether it be a gun or whether it be a cartridge, it's like, well, what is, it's kind of like how you look at optics. It's like, what do I need it to do? Yep. Well, if I need, you know, X amount of en- energy or I want to shoot a certain bullet at a certain velocity, um, and it's like, what's the vessel? What's the vessel that can be used to do that? Um, that, that one looks at, you know, I, when I look at that cartridge, I look at it and I'm like, man, you know, just about any big game yeah. in, in really in North America. Um, and, and you wouldn't have to worry about really anything as long as you, you select the right bullet for what you're doing. Um, you know, so whether it be, you know, uh, you know, hitting a piece of steel at 1500 yards, um, or, or going out and, you know, taking it on an elk hunt or a moose hunt. Uh, and, and really, you know, um, in that one, that cartridge specifically, it's, it's versatile enough where, you know, I, I grew up in central Minnesota. So Northern Minnesota, the, the Northern half of the state kind of on a diagonal line is rifle. And then the Southern half is typically shotgun. And there's, you know, there's some exceptions, right? Like people use like, um, pistols, uh, you know, specifically AR pistols. And so there, there are some ways to kind of stay in the letter of the law, but also get a little more performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, for, forever, you know, it's one of the most common deer cartridges you heard people talking about was a seven mag yeah. and, um, has some limitations with bullet seating and, and, you know, obviously seven mag is a stomper. Uh, absolutely. You can, you can do a lot with that thing. And there's a ton of different great factory loadings out there, but, you know, when you start talking about kind of pairing that, that, uh, heavy for caliber bullet, you know, that long skinny, uh, bullet, um, and, and having a high BC, uh, high velocity still. And then, you know, that chambering is, is at a twist rate that's going to stabilize that bullet. Man, you could, you can do a lot with that thing. I, I would be excited if I were you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so the, the gun shop called me, um, two days before I left Pennsylvania and told me it was in, but they were, they closed before I get off of work. And so I was like, well, maybe when I get back, you know, on my, when I travel back up, I'll try to come in a little early just so I can pick this thing up because I want to get it to the range as soon as I can, because that is, like I said, I, I bought it strictly for Africa and, um, uh, definitely though, I do want to take it on that all dad hunt. And I think this is the gun. Cause I've got the six millimeter Creed more. I've got the six, five Creed more. I've, you know, I've got the, I've got the Creed mores. I haven't got any nozzlers. I've been thinking about them, but this is the first PRC that I, I got. And I think it's going to be my long range gun. And it, it's got all the makings to do mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I've, I've got some Rugers, I've got some Savages, but when it comes to this potential long game stuff, I'm trying to stay in that Christensen family because they do make a really good, a really good rifle. And the fact that the barrels, like they, they put quality barrels on it. So I know if I shoot it a bunch and get comfortable with it, I ain't got to worry about shooting it out. And, uh, so I'm excited. There's a a thousand yard range or a thousand plus yard range not far from my house here in virginia it's uh it's, it's in west virginia is where it's at but i think it's called peacemakers and i really want to get out there and just yep. see see what it can do yeah i shot uh, i've shot a couple matches at peacemaker uh i think okay. it's 
Peacemaker National National Training Facility. Um, I've shot a couple matches. I think 2014 or 2015, they had this thing called the World Shooting Championship that uh, Trijicon had put on. So I went out there and did that. I think I did that two years in a row. I think I did a, uh, like a night three-gun match there one time, Starlight three-gun. That was a ton of fun. But that's a cool facility. Um, they've got a ton of room, uh, and they're – you know, they're in an area where they draw a lot of, uh, a lot of the, their shooters from, you know, from the DC area, from, uh, different metropolitan areas in Virginia, West Virginia. Yep. Um, it's a cool spot. If you've, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is, it is a great range. I have not. Um, there's a gentleman that I am friends with on Facebook. He was recently retired law enforcement and, uh, he's now a instructor there. So, we're trying to actually get this to where our schedule lines up. We can get babysitters and go up there and spend a, a full day, maybe a weekend mm-hmm. up there and just have some fun. Yeah, it's a beautiful range. They've got some really cool high angle shooting where you can, you know, you're kind of shooting down across some big valleys. It's, it's actually really scenic too. You know, it's all surrounded by a big timber and um, they've got a really cool long range, a bunch of pistol bays, carbine bays. So, Um, yeah it's a great place if you get a chance to get out there definitely do it absolutely that is it for this week's episode we're going to end it here but next week we're going to have Ruben back on as we continue to talk about picking the right optic for the right scenario and to elevate your level of success when it comes to shooting long range and hunting in the meantime you all can go on to their website vortexoptics.com and check out all the different offerings they have for optics I just want to tell everyone to keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.